Welcome to the Beauty Mavens Podcast. Kristen and Madison are creating a space where the beauty obsessed can feel empowered to dream big and achieve their goals. It's awesome. Interviewing other mavens in the beauty industry to discover their secrets to success and how they got to be the expert that they are. Brought to you by a sister duo of estheticians and entrepreneurs. Here's your hosts, Kristen D'Oliveda and Madison Annis. Welcome back to the Beauty Mavens podcast. I have one question for you. Have you joined our FB group? If not, pause this episode and go facebook.com forward slash Beauty Mavens podcast. But our goal with the Facebook group is just to have a safe space for beauty boss babes to make connections and have friendships and just build up the beauty industry together. So come join us there. Also, can we ask you a favor? We really, really, really need your reviews and your five star ratings. So if you have enjoyed our podcast, if you've learned anything, if you found any value in it, please take two minutes and let us know. This really helps us out. Plus, every week we pick a few of our favorite reviews to send some gifts to. So make sure you add your Instagram handle at the bottom of your review so we know who you are. It's almost time for our first ever Beauty Maven Summit and we are so, 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 so excited to meet all of you guys and to learn from one another. It's going to be so much fun. So in preparation for the summit, we sent out a pre-summit questionnaire and we got back so many good questions, like really good questions that we know we're just not going to be able to cover all of them in the single event. So today we're just going to answer a few of them. Plus they were so good. We felt like everyone needed to hear them. Our first question comes from Kirsty Reese at Sugarface Skincare and she says, how do I get clients to book with my employees instead of me? Okay, number one, are your employees as good as you? If they're not as good as you, then no one's going to want to go to them. So make sure you're training them exactly how you want them to be. Everyone's doing the same protocol so that you can feel comfortable passing off any of your clients to them. And you know they're going to get the exact same amazing service. But I would also recommend having your prices higher than your employees. So if you're the owner especially, I would raise your prices to be more than your employees. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of owners that we know in the industry don't work all the days. They only work a few days a week because they're spending so much time working on their salon. So like your time is very valuable. Of course, every artist's time is valuable, but when you're trying to run a salon and manage a team, I totally think it's fair to up your prices a little bit more. Or you could even do, I've seen some salons do like a master pricing and it might be you and like your top couple of employees and then have I don't know what they name them. (laughs) They'll have like three different tiers with cute names. So that would be another. That's a good idea. Another idea that you could do. As you're rebooking, maybe the clients that you you want to pass off to your other employees. Just be like, hey, I'm not available on Monday, but my girl Lisa is. And she is so amazing. She'll take really good care of you. And I know that she could fit you in at five o'clock, which works good with your schedule. Do you want me to book you with her? It's like make that an option. Don't expect that they're going to rebook with you if you're trying to pass them off. Yeah. Also, I don't know how other booking systems work, but we use Square and it shows you if I get an appointment, I can click on it and it shows me if the the client, so if it's a new client, it shows me if they chose to book with me or if they pressed any available. So sometimes if they do any available and your other employee is open at that time, you could like switch them over because they weren't specifically going to you. Yeah, that's a good idea. Our next question comes from Denise Maldonado at Floraluna Beauty is her Instagram. 
And she says, how did you go about picking your company name? If the name you started out is other than your company name now, how did you go about changing into the new name? I feel like a lot of people ask this. Like, how do you rebrand? How do you change your name? How do you pick your name? Like, it's a big concern. Yeah. But I remember when we were picking your name, it was so hard. It took a long time to... Not a long time, but, like, a lot of hours. It was a lot of effort to pick what we wanted. Throwing out names and texting names back and forth and... But also, I've changed my business name, what, four times now? Yeah. It's not as, like, daunting as you think. Like, you think, like, oh, no one's going to be able to find me once I change my name. No. You'll be fine. I promise. Once you're, like, really established, it might be a little bit harder, but... Like, we wouldn't if it's just your now. If it's just your Instagram name, like, your Instagram handle, you'll be fine. Just do a post before you change it so everybody knows. Well, let's talk about picking the name first. Okay. I would suggest sitting down if you have a partner, if you want to include your employees, or if it's just you. Like, decide who you want there. But I would just sit down and just brain dump as many names as you can think of. So Even just words that you like. Yeah. Or things like if you, for example, when we were picking Beauty Mavens, we knew we wanted it to say beauty in it because we didn't want to cut down to just lashes or skincare or anything. So we wanted it to be broad with beauty. So that was one of our requirements. And then we also wanted the name to describe like what we were doing and and what we were about. And so we really liked Maven because it means expert or connoisseur. So we wanted to be known in the industry as the beauty experts. So beauty mavens. Like it just it was just it just clicked. <laughs> it took us a lot of hours to get there, but once we had brain dumped all the words, gone through all the ones that we really just didn't like, then we finally narrowed it down to a couple. And then we finally chose Beauty Mavens. But we also added collective on the end because we didn't want to be tied down to, like, one thing, like she said, just lashes or whatever. But also, like, Beauty Mavens salon. We didn't want to only be able to have a salon in the future. We wanted to have our podcast. We wanted to have our studio, we wanted to have maybe a product in the future. So we felt like collective encompassed everything. So that's how we chose our name. So you just got to think about what you want to do in the future with it as well. And it doesn't have to be like what you want to be. I know Borboleta is a really big eyelash company and that means butterfly in Portuguese. And it's just the founder's husband speaks Portuguese. So it's just something that was meaningful and so it doesn't necessarily have to be like, I want to be the eyelash queen, so I'm going to find different words to say eyelash queen, you know? Right. So you can, it can just be a word that's beautiful and meaningful and just something that you can feel comfortable putting everywhere. I also would say if you are a solopreneur, having your name. I would really recommend just really, branding really your recommend. name. Yeah, just branding your name. And then you can pivot and do anything you want. I would really recommend that. But if you have like a studio or something, then, I mean, people even use their name. As their studio, like Kelly Baker Brows. But there's so much that goes into it. So you just, that's really personal, but that's some ideas. And so when you're changing your name, honestly, just do a post that says you're going to change it and then change your Instagram handle. But then I would also create another Instagram account with your old name that literally is just a picture of you or a picture of your business. And it says, follow me here with your new account. So if anybody goes to search you by your old account, then they can find the new name on there. And then I would just keep that for like a month and then delete it. Yeah. And once you change your name, like post a picture of yourself introducing yourself with your new name and why you changed it or something. Yeah. Our next question comes from Marquette Stoddard at Bora Beauty. 
how to hold clients responsible and not cancel 30 minutes before their appointments without hurting feelings or hurting your business. Do you have a cancellation policy in place? That's going to be your number one strategy. Also, I know like women, there's a lot of women in the industry and women tend to tie their feelings to everything. But business is business. And I think people understand that more than we think. If you're Mm -hmm. treating them in a professional manner. I know some people who won't even text their clients. They just do it all through email to keep things professional. But if it's, if you have that professional relationship, whether they're your friend or not, it's not coming from you. You're not like personally attacking them. It's coming from the business. And it's a policy that's in place that they're aware of that they have to abide by. Most of the people that are coming to you are adults, so treat them like adults. If they pulled out their calendar and scheduled an appointment with you and then they got a 24-hour notice, they should be able to show up for their appointment. If they have to cancel 30 minutes before, you should have that policy already in place that they're already aware of. So, for example, on our booking system, you cannot book an appointment with us until you accept our cancellation policy, which is if you cancel your appointment within 24 hours before you have to pay 100% of the cost. So if something comes up that they decide is more important than their appointment, they have to know that, okay, going to whatever Cancun today is more important than letting my stylist know that I'm not going to be able to make it, so I'm going to have to pay X amount of dollars, but that's their choice. They're adults. They get to make that choice. Yeah, I would say the easiest way is to do it through your booking system. If you don't have a booking system, get a booking system. Have it on the bottom of every email, every text. Don't rely on Venmo. Don't rely on cash because that's, I feel like, where it gets messy. But if you have a booking system, it really takes care of it for you. And so if someone no-shows, I literally go into their name. I click no-show and that's all I do. And my appointments, my square, sends them a text that says, I don't even know what it says. (laughs) I think it says, you know, like, we're sorry we missed you. You didn't show up for your appointment today. Your card has been charged X amount of dollars. So it's not coming from my number. It's not coming from me personally. It's literally coming from the business. The same text that they got the reminder from. So then they can see, especially if they have an iPhone, they can (laughs) see the previous conversation or the previous text. Like, oh crap. Yeah, I did get reminded 24 hours ago. And ever since we put that into place... I can probably count on my hand how many people have canceled or no-showed within 24 hours. Yeah, it's not. Like, once people put their card in and know they're accepting that, they're not going to no-show because... They know you're going to charge them. And if they do, it's an emergency and they will take responsibility. I've also heard of people having a one-time emergency cancellation where whether they're lying to you or not, whether they're just at home sleeping in or they are on vacation or they are sick or whatever, they get to decide to use that one emergency cancellation. But then in the future, if something comes up, then you absolutely charge them without fail. So just make sure you have your policies in place before they even book their appointments. You don't have to worry about it as soon as it comes up. You're already set to go before this happens. Our next question comes from Chanel Chamber. At Top Shelf Beauty Bar and Apparel, how do you motivate a staff of renters? Motivating a staff of all renters can be difficult because they are all their own business. They're they're all their own bosses. However, I think it's really easy if you lay that foundation before they even start. But I'm assuming if you're asking this question, you already have a full team. So... I would just have a meeting to get everybody on the same page 
what we did is we did a meeting about our core values, which is something we're going to be covering at the summit next week. And we made sure that our core values for our business was lining up with each of our renters and employees. And then that was an easier way to make sure that we were all on the same page and we were actually playing like a team. And then we also incentivize them. We have a team of both employees and booth renters, but we treat everybody the same. Yeah, and treating them like they're important to your business because they are important to your business. They're paying your rent or helping you pay part of your rent. So treating them like you need them and like letting them know how important they are. I think little things like that go a long way. So having monthly meetings to keep them on the same page with the incentives that Kristen was talking about, this is how we motivate them to do retail sales. And we just do different incentives, different months, like whoever sells X amount will get an X amount gift card to Target. Or this year we, we kind of did bigger prizes and we're like, whoever sells this much through May is going to get their IBS show ticket paid for. And if you sell this higher tier, then you'll get your, your flight paid for. Your flight paid for and your ticket. And if you sell this tier, then you'll get your hotel paid for. So we are doing big things like that. And then also if they sell a certain amount throughout the whole year, then we are going on a cruise to the Bahamas in January. So that is a way, and it doesn't have to be that big. Last year, we would just do gift cards. If you sell $350, you get a $20 gift card this month. But you definitely, for incentives, it's hard because you want to incentivize them, but you have to know your numbers before you can do that because you are paying for the retail products. They are then selling them. You have to pay taxes on that. Are you paying them a commission and then an incentive on top of that? It has to be profitable for you. And you should be paying them a commission. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we're paying them a commission on top of their incentives. And so, especially, like, making a commission on products, you could, like, get your whole car payment paid for just by selling retail. So, once they realize how much money they can make from retail, I think that helps motivate them as well. So, we hope this was helpful. We'll do a couple more episodes like this because we have pages and pages of questions. And I'm sure we'll get more at the summit this weekend. Before we sign off, we just want to talk about our new segment where we talk about our current beauty obsessions, our Maven faves. So Kristen is not starting. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My, something that I've been loving, I've had it, Kristen bought it for me like, I don't even know how long ago, maybe like a year ago almost. It's Anastasia Aurora highlighter palette. Oh yeah. Have you talked about this That's a good one. No, I haven't. It's so good. It has, I think, like, six different colors. Like, it has, like, a yellow and a purple and a blue and a green and a really warm color. Anyway, it's the best. I love it. It's just a powder, like a pressed powder. It's normally, like, $40 from Sephora or wherever you buy your Anastasia product. But I have seen it at Marshall's in multiple states or TJ Maxx for $20. So that's where I got hers. (laughs) So go look there before you go buy it at Sephora. But it's an amazing palette. I love that one, too. I do, too. I wear it every day. Okay, my Maven fave is the Ormetic Lip Complex from Image Skincare. You guys, it is so good. It's just like a little lip gloss, but it helps restore the hydration to your lips. It helps restore volume in your lips. And everyone that comes to the Summit is getting one for free. But I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I feel like once you put it on, you don't have to reapply every hour like normal lip glosses. Yeah. So I love that. And there's a clear one and there's also like a sheer sparkly pink one. So you got your options. But I love that stuff. I do too. It's so good. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening today. We cannot wait to meet some of you this week at our summit. If you're not coming, make sure you follow along on our Instagram stories. We might go live. (laughs) 
for some parts of it. We'll definitely, I don't know, we're gonna be freaking busy. So we'll try and highlight some parts. But follow us on Instagram at Beauty Mavens Collective. We'll see you next week. XO Beauty Mavens.